Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I am here to bring you the preview show ahead of Bayern Munich's big Bundesliga match against Union Berlin. Of course, this is a big match because you never know week to week which Bayern Munich team is going to show up. Is it going to be the team that obliterated Red Bull Salzburg in the Champions League a couple of weeks back? Or will it be the one that looked kind of hapless and unfocused and not quite with it against Hoffenheim during a 1-1 draw last weekend? I guess we're going to find out the answer to that question in a few days. I'm recording this on a Wednesday as usual, but this is a very interesting match for a couple of reasons for Bayern Munich. Obviously, this week has been filled with some off-the-field turmoil regarding rumors surrounding Robert Lewandowski's future, Luper Hernandez's future, the future of many other players. Julian Nagelsmann is reportedly frustrated with the squad in terms of not having the players that he needs to really run his system. The front office is battling financial issues. This has just been a mess of a week. And of course, we will cover all of that on the weekend warm-up podcast in depth. But for the purposes of this exercise, we're going to focus on Union Berlin versus Bayern Munich. And let me tell you, uh, as much as I would like to think Bayern Munich should roll into the Allianz Arena and put a whooping on Union Berlin, I'm not quite sure that's going to happen. But let's first take a look at where both squads are in the table, what their recent form has been, and check out all of that. So, of course, we will start with Bayern Munich. Through 26 match days, Bayern has 19 wins, three draws, four losses for 60 points. Bayern has scored 77 goals. That is best in the league and has only allowed 28, which is also best in the league at this point, barely as Mainz has only allowed 29. Over the last five games, Bayern Munich has two wins, two draws, and one loss. Of course, their last two matches in the league both resulted in 1-1 draws, first against Bayer Leverkusen and then last week against Hoffenheim. I think you could safely say that Bayern Munich has not been all that focused in their recent league matches. Of course, there are a ton of reasons for that. Uh, first, you could talk about the injuries. You could talk about Nagelsmann's formation and the players not being settled in it and using players out of position. You could combine all of that and what you're getting is that Bayern Munich just quite hasn't looked like itself in the league of late. And I think part of it is a focus issue, but we can delve into that a little bit later. As for Union Berlin, it's been, wow, it has just been a bad stretch of games for Union Berlin. Uh, Through 26 match days, Union has 10 wins, 8 draws, 8 losses for 38 points. That sits Union at 8th in the table. They have scored 33 goals and allowed 34, which is not surprising given their all-out offensive style in terms of they will go and try and score goals and uh, play with a little bit of reckless abandon when it comes to their defense, but um, has not worked out of late, and we'll talk about the reasons for that. Over the course of Union's last five games, they have one win, one draw, and three losses. Obviously, form is an issue. Last week against VfB Stuttgart, Union achieved a 1-1 draw, which was a sign of positive things, uh, considering all that has been going on for Union. So first, let's take a look at at Union and and why they were one of the really feel-good surprise teams of the early season and then what's happened. And I think you can really pinpoint 
all of this to one move. And I don't want to say that this player was, I don't want to make this player the sole focus of why Union was good, but he played such a huge role in, in, in helping this team. And that's Max Kruse, who of course moved on to Wolfsburg in the winter transfer window. Since that point, Union has been a bit of a mess. And it's a shame because this was, like I said, a very feel-good story. This was a club who battled back to get to the Bundesliga and has steadily improved each season since they've been back. And it looked like they really were on the right track to being one of those fun clubs that might not be able to compete with the likes of Bayern Munich or Borussia Dortmund, but really could be a factor in that next level of Bundesliga teams, even though they might be a smaller club, even though they might not have quite the budget as some of the other teams. Uh, It just really played a fun style and were a team that you could get behind and root for just given their history, given what the club has been through and just this venture to get back to this point. It's really a shame to see what happened with Max Cruiser because he was a keystone player for that team. And of course there are several other reasons why things might not be going so well. But that seemed to be the catalyst for everything, kind of forcing the wheels to come off a bit for Union Berlin. And it's really a shame. It, it really is. Uh, I enjoy watching them play because a lot of times, no matter who they are up against, there is not some conservative style where they just want to limit the beating they're going to take. They will actually come out and try and go punch for punch with you, which I totally admire. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it results in... Uh, a a bad loss or two along the way. But I think this team still has some quality to it. I think they still have the ability to knock off Bayern Munich, but it will be very difficult uh, given their recent form, given their, just their lack of uh, really a punch in their attack. It's, it's just really been missing of late. So I think, you know, like I said, you can pinpoint a lot of this to Max Crusoe leaving and just how important he was to the team. Uh, As for Bayern Munich, uh, we talked about how crazy this week has been on a lot of levels. Uh, But when you just focus on the team and you focus on their form, you can look at a couple of things. One, when Bayern Munich's offense tends to to suffer, it's because they are overcrowded in the box. There's too, too much congestion. And with so many players forced up, it leaves the back line susceptible to those quick counterattacks. I think it's that simple, to be honest. Uh, When we see Bayern scuffle, it's usually because of that. Last week against Hoffenheim, it was a lack of focus, a lack of precision. Sometimes passes were delivered a half a second too late, which caused offsides. Sometimes the runners left a half second too early, which caused offsides. But in the end, that lack of precision, that lack of focus, probably cost Bayern Munich three to four easy opportunity. So that will have to be much better. Uh, You're going to need to see a more consistent effort from Thomas Muller and Robert Lewandowski in terms of working with those people around them. Uh, And it's not to hammer Muller and Lewandowski because of all the players in the team, they probably deserve the least amount of blame for what has gone on over the past few weeks in terms of this inconsistent form. But I think that they're both going to need to be a little more vocal and helping create space because What we've seen so many times is that when you use this offensive heavy, this forward heavy formation, which Julian Nagelsmann has seemed to favor, and you're you're overloading that offensive end with Kingsley Coman and Leroy Sané and Serge Gnabry, Jamal Musiala, Yashu Kimmich, and then you have both Lewandowski and Muller there. The, The life has just been choked out of Lewandowski and Muller at times. 
they're often working through so much traffic that they don't get to really do what they do best. And that's exploit space, use those openings quickly and create opportunities. And I think that was a big problem last week. I mean, aside of the lack of precision, aside of the lack of focus, we got back to seeing how congested things were and and how frustrating that can be, not just for the fans to watch, but I'm sure how frustrated Julian Nagelsmann was with the whole thing. Now, when you look at his formation and you see the back three and you see these really faux wingbacks now, um, it's really tough to see how this is going to work against a high-level team. The good thing is that we will see Alfonso, Davey hope, Alfonso Davies hopefully back in time to take over that left wing back role. As far as who plays on the right side, who knows? Um, at this point, it could be anyone, but it's going to be very difficult to uh, to see someone fill that void because there isn't a natural player that can really step in and play right wing back on this team. I guess the player who is most likely to be considered a natural for that spot is Bunasar, and he has been uh, abjectly awful since he has joined Bayern Munich. So I don't think we'll be seeing much more time for Saar, even if the team needs a player for that role. When we look at how Bayern Munich is going to line up for this week, ha, it's, it's a guess every week. So what we do know is Davey's not available. We did see Leon, Leon Gretzka come back this week to team training. Not quite sure that Nagelsmann will pull the trigger on starting him just yet. I think that if anything, if he does dress and is eligible for the game, he would probably come on as a sub. But uh, I, I would think that he might still sit this one out. I just don't think there's quite a need to rush him back. Uh, that's one of those things where uh, it's just been it's been great to see him come back. It's been great to see him uh, be able to come back into the game, into training, and and really start to work back after that knee injury. Goretzka can be such an important part of this team uh, that just having him around the facility, I'm sure, has been good. Uh, but otherwise, I think you have to play a conservative game with him. I think you have to take your time and let him fully recover because he could play such a big factor in Bayern Munich's, one, not just their league title hopes, but also their Champions League title hopes. So hopefully we uh, allow, we get to see Bayern allow Goretzka to rest a bit longer. So let's take a stab at, at trying to figure out who's going to start. And I'm going to stick with that back three offensive Forward, heavy formation. So we'll go with the back three. Luca Hernandez, Nicholas Sula, and Benjamin Pavar. This seems to be the preferred threesome for Julian Nagelsmann right now, leaving Dio Upamakano as the odd man out. And I'll be honest, I, I agree with the way things are lining up right now. I don't think Upamakano has been good enough. I think he's been too inconsistent. I think he's been prone to big mistakes. And right now, the threesome of Hernandez, Sula, and Pavar are just better. I think they're functioning better together. I think it's been fairly stable. The goal last week for Hoffenheim, that was just a, I mean, what can you say about it? It was a tremendous goal, tremendous effort. Um, you know, on any other day, Byron scores three, four, five goals in that match, and we're not complaining about it. But uh, I do think that Sula, Pavar, and Hernandez have, have built something together there that's creating some consistency that is really creating some of that stability that had been missing for a big part of the season. And while it's way too early to write off Mercado, I do think there's legit reason to be concerned that he's maybe not quite as advanced 
as Byron had thought when they acquired him. And there's also some reason to think that the pressure of playing for a club like Bayern Munich might not necessarily suit him. And again, it's too early to make a final determination on that, but he has not handled it well. And despite the fact we've seen some quality things from him at times during the season, the overall lack of focus right now and his inconsistent performances, it just makes him too much of a liability to keep out uh, on the field for a long-term assignment. So I would continue to use him as a sub and that's where I'll predict him. Uh, That's what I'll predict for him uh, in this match. Uh, As far as the midfield goes, I would think that we're going to see Joshua Kimmich and Jamal Musiala again. Musiala, of course, is showing that he can make that jump back to being more of an eight and working in a double pivot with Yashua Kimmich. I don't think many people doubted his ability to do that. It's just, is the team going to maximize his potential as a player if he's not in an attacking role? I, of course, favor him as an attacker. I think a lot of people do, but I'm okay with him making this move and I'm okay with him having this part of his game expanded, being able to to do this and provide versatility and flexibility to Nagelsmann as he goes to put together lineups. I think if you can look at the future and if you're going to see this three, four, one, two formation, if you're going to be able to see, or three, four, two, one, I should say, if you're going to be able to use Musiala as a six or an eight at times, and also use him as a 10 and maybe even flex him out wide at times, if you need to, if you shift the formation back to a four, two, three, one, I think that it's all good. And I think it will help him really evolve as a player. But again, you know, I do want to see him as an attacker more uh, as we go along, but it seems like Byron has other plans. Uh, in those wing back positions, of course, these are not really wing backs. These are just extra forwards who are prone to crowding the box. I think we'll see Serge Gnabry and Kingsley Coman. Coman, uh, you could really argue has been as good or even better than Leroy Sané this season. He's definitely been better than Gnabry. Gnabry, of course, is, has been one of those players who struggled with his consistency, still immensely talented, still a, a threat every time he's on the pitch. But I do think that we'll see both of them in those wingback roles, even though it's very questionable whether either of those players really wants to play that type of role for this team right now. Uh, the attacking midfield Spots, I think we will see Thomas Muller and Leroy Sané. And at striker, I believe we'll see Robert Lewandowski. So I'm going to, to roll out that same lineup we saw last week and just hope for better results. Byron, of course, uh, has the capability to really pile on goals and to really be able to overwhelm Union Berlin or anyone else with their offense. But can they do it consistently? Can they stay out of each other's way? Can they be precise enough with their runs and with their passing to really make it work? I think they will this week. I'm going to predict a 3-0 Bayern Munich victory. That probably sounds stupid. I think it's the same thing I predicted last week against Hoffenheim, which of course did not work out. But either way, I think it's time for Bayern Munich to really start to step up and take control of these games that they should be winning. Uh, You could really argue the last two weeks against Leverkusen and Hoffenheim. These were very winnable games. These were matches that Bayern Munich should be able to win uh, no matter what the circumstance, but they didn't. So this is a test in the way that Bayern has an opportunity against an opponent that's not as big, not as fast, not as deep, and not as talented. That means Bayern should come out, establish their control of the game early, take it over, and really kind of walk away with it. Union Berlin, of course, will not probably not let that happen so easily. But I do think at some point about midway through the first half, 
we're going to see Union just start to crumble a little bit because of the pressure. And if Bayern Munich can find a way to stay onside this week and they can find a way to stay out of each other's way in the final third, this should be a relatively easy victory. But as we all know, those are few and far between this season for Bayern Munich. So thank you again for listening. You can always get me at the Barrel Blog. You can get our site at Bavarian FB Works. You can get Tom at Tommy Adams 71. You can get I Need No Name at BFWINNN. You can get Jake at Jefferson Fenner. And you can get Schnitzel and Samarin on our site. They, of course, are not on Twitter. We appreciate uh, every download and listen to our podcast. Please hang with us for the game coverage and all the news coverage that we had over the course of this week. This has been a crazy week. If you haven't checked out our site, you really need to because it's been crazy. And, uh, you know, we will hit on a lot of that stuff in the weekend warm up podcast. So please check that out when it drops, usually early Friday morning, Eastern Standard Time. Thanks again for listening. We will see you next time.